0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode.
1: Isaiah chapter 55 speaks generally, among other things, of the futility of life. And some of the benefits that can be had by seeking the Lord. Now, how do we seek the Lord? Well, we can seek the Lord basically through our Bibles. And by believing in following Jesus. And by prayer and asking God for help. But the subject today is what does it mean to believe in Jesus? In other words... How might believing in Jesus affect us? How does it affect us? Well, the simple answer is perhaps not not what we want to hear, because it means a complete change in our life. There again, if our outlook and prospects in the long term are better, we may be interested. Hmm. So let's go first of all to the bad news. I've only got uh, two main sections for you to be directed to today. And one is the prophecy of Isaiah and the other is the gospel of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. And this is the bad news. Luke chapter 12, verse is 51 to 53. And Jesus said this, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against the mother-in-law. Mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Division within the house, within the family, within one's circle of friends. That's the bad news. He didn't intend for that to happen, for that sort of conflict to occur in a Christian's life. But occasionally, it becomes a consequence of what may happen to people who believe in him. You see, the teachings of Jesus are so radical, so different from the normal run of life, from what people see as their right, that those who follow Jesus can find themselves out of step and face problems from those around them, from people whom they or we may associate. Now then, Slightly different. A little bit of good news. Luke, at same chapter, but chapter 12 of Luke and verses 22 to 23. Then he, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more of value are you than the birds? In other words, says Jesus, seek the kingdom of God, and all that you will need for this life will be given to you. If God is willing to give you a place in his kingdom now, how much more will he care for you? Same chapter, this time, verse 29. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. As I said, all that you will need for this life will be given to you. If God is willing to give you a place in his ultimate kingdom on this earth, how much more will he care for you now? Here is something else that Jesus said. But well, let's turn over now to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 18. Gospel of Luke chapter 18, and this time verse 24. <clears throat> and when Jesus saw... This is a man he was talking to. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it says, who then can be saved? If rich people can't get into the kingdom of God, who can be saved? See, that's a popular misconception, is it not? That riches can bring one happiness or buy what is not normally accessible to the average man or woman. And in the case before us, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, etc., in the case before us, people thought riches were a reward for people's spiritual state in other words if you're doing all right you must be all right with god that's what was happening as i suspect here and jesus disciples are shocked to realize the difficulty of salvation if riches are a hindrance to the kingdom of god How many other difficulties are there? How hard is it to be a member of Christ's kingdom? How hard is it to be a Christian which require such great sacrifices? And yet in response to these words, the Apostle Peter turns to Jesus and said at verse 28, See, we have left all and followed you. Jesus then says this to them, verse 29. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or parents, or brothers, going back to that first quotation we had. There is no one who has left house, or parents, or brothers, or wife, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time, and in the age to come, eternal life. What this means is, That Jesus' followers will be repaid many times over in the here and now. Not necessarily with exact replacements of what they or we may have lost. But whatever we are blessed with in this life will inevitably come with problems. That's the thing to remember. Whatever we are blessed with in this life will inevitably come with problems. But the, ultimately re- re- the ultimate re- reward is worth it. Life in God's kingdom upon this earth. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. For to believe in Jesus, to have life in God's kingdom, means that we must do certain things. First of all, we must believe. So we've got to find out basically what it's all about. We have to go into a lot of detail. But we have to basically find out what uh, what Jesus had to say about getting into the to, into into His kingdom, into the kingdom of God. And one of the things He said, you've got to believe, and you've got to be baptized, and that is quite a requirement. Because only responsible adults can take this step. A baby can't believe, he's not mature enough. But a responsible adult can, for belief means understanding the nature and purpose of the sacrifice of Jesus. In other words, why did Jesus come and what was his sacrifice all about? Often dealt with, no doubt from the platform here. And it also means in this, in seeing how how we can relate to that sacrifice of Jesus. And by relating to that sacrifice of Jesus, we first of all, as it said, submit to the waters of baptism. And then we live a life which is following Jesus. His way of life, his mode of life, the way he went about things, the way he did things. These are all things which are involved in believing in Jesus. Because Christ has principles. We've all heard of principles. Well, I think most people have. We have principles. And the principles are the teachings of Jesus. And if those principles are kept, or kept to our best of our ability, because we know that we can't be perfect as the Lord Jesus Christ was, but if those principles are kept, it will ensure that we are raised to life if we die before Jesus returns, or if we are alive when Jesus returns. It will ensure that we can undergo a process of change, which will mean that we can then live with Christ in the kingdom of God upon earth. Now, there's a lot said on these subjects from, from uh, weekly from this platform, and no doubt, as you well know. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, is this promised kingdom of God? Something worth looking forward to? Is it something worth changing our lives for and perhaps finding ourselves out of step with our fellow man and woman? Well, the benefits of sharing a life with Christ, enjoying his love, and looking forward to the promised kingdom of God is at the forefront of a follower of Christ's minds. Because they pray daily, don't they? They pray daily in what we call the Lord's Prayer. And in it we say, a Christian says, Thy kingdom come, that is God's will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. There was a time when Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives which is just outside Jerusalem. And his disciples asked him this question. It's in Matthew 24, verse 3, which we don't need to go to. The disciples ask him this question. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answers like this. But let us go to the parallel passage Let's stay in the Gospel of Luke. Let's go to the parallel passage at Luke chapter 21 and read a few verses from there. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 28. So they've asked him that question. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And amongst the other things he says in this chapter Is this verse 25? And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, Look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Now you may say, well, well, look, hold on, hold on. There's always been wars. There's always been famines. There's always been pestilences, sorry. And to some extent, cosmic upheaval, perhaps seen these days as climate change problems. Yes, but we are here told of very dramatic events When the distress of nations is so great, those words I've just read, the distress of nations is so great that they cannot find a way out of the problems. That's what the word perplexity means. That's the difference. There's always been these problems. But at a certain time, there's going to come a certain time is going to come when. Men won't be able to find a way out of the problems. It'll just get them down. It'll just be too much. It'll just overcome them. And this is the time when the end of the age is spoken about, which Jesus speaks of. And what does that last verse in verse 28 mean? Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. Well, Jesus was talking to his disciples, his followers, wasn't he? And he says, when when things look very bad for this earth, when there appears to be no way out, that's when the world, sorry, that's when you can have hope. That's when you can have confidence. That's when you can be sure that I'm coming back. That is a great benefit of believing in Jesus. That's one of the great things about believing in Jesus. Basically, we don't need to worry about the future because it's in God's hands, God's control. Knowing what God's intention for the earth is, is great. The earth isn't forecast for destruction and the elimination of life, but the establishment of a new world order ruled by Jesus and eventually populated by by his believers. And his believers are his followers who, who could include you and me. So finally for today, If believing in Jesus means a life in God's kingdom upon earth, is this kingdom something worth looking forward to? Is it worth looking forward to the kingdom of God? Well, there's quite a few places in the Bible we can go to. I just want to take you to one, and that is Isaiah chapter 35. And I'll read a few verses to you from there. Isaiah chapter 35. And think what we're reading about. This is talking about the future kingdom of God. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. That means no arid, dry, useless places on the earth, but abundance of life. Let's go on. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, in other words, those who are worried about what's happening to the world in a state of perplexity, say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he, that's Jesus, will come and save you. Right? And he carries on, doesn't he? Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. That's telling us that the problems and distresses which we face in life, which affect our bodies and our minds, will be done away with. Back to the beginning of this chapter, as we said, the waters shall both burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water and the habitation of jackals where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it is called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road. All or fools shall not go astray. No lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast. Go upon it. As we read in other passages. that The lion and the lamb. Shall lay down together. But the redeemed. Shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord. Shall return. And come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy in their heads and he shall have joy, joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So the kingdom of God is something worth looking forward to, in preference to a life of uncertainty, problems, illness, war, and strife. The time when the Lord and the word of the Lord shall go forth from Jerusalem, when righteous judgment will triumph. Oh, how we need righteous judgment in this earth. When swords are beaten into plowshares, as we read in other sections of the scripture, spears into pruning hooks. A time when nations shall not lift sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Read Isaiah chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 at your leisure. You know, after all I've said, I end with this. My son tells me that in regards to keeping fit, the saying is there's no gain without pain. And really that applies to all things in life. Anything in life that's worth striving for requires an element of pain, an element of striving, of problems, perhaps hardship. But if it's worth striving for, it's worth continuing. And it's no different with our lot as we seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's no different. It takes effort. It takes a dedication. But the end is no fleeting pleasure. Nothing that will pass away. It's eternal happiness in a pain-free and trouble-free world. That's what believing in Jesus means.